Welcome to Driven to Business with your host, Eddie Mayfield. Driven to Business is a business forum program that focuses on success principles in business. And now, it's time for Driven to Business. Relationships. What's that got to do with business? Well, just about anything. In fact, it has to do with life. You know, I've often said that when you're uh, lying on your deathbed, assuming you get to lie on your deathbed, um, and aren't killed in an accident or something, probably as you try to measure the value of your life, you actually will, the currency of that will probably be relationships. And, and all of us are sort of that way. You know, our life consists of, of, uh, of uh, we can have monetary success, we can do a lot of things, but without relationships, life doesn't mean very much. And the other side of that in business is without relationships in business, it's very difficult to be successful. In fact, uh, I've often said that, uh, that, that you know, it, it, it's more it's the most important thing. As a guy we're going to talk about a little bit today, some of his work, a guy named Jeffrey Gitmer. He wrote, he's kind of famous for writing uh, a book a number of years ago called The Little Red Book of Sales. He's also written a book called The Little Black Book of Relationships and a number of other books and columns. And uh, he's a speaker and uh, uh, blogs and things of that sort. But but he talks about the fact that, that, uh, that you know, if you lose a sale to somebody uh, and uh, to a competitor, it's almost always true that the reason you lost that sale is a competitor has a better relationship with that customer than you do. And you can make a lot of excuses and uh, for yourself in that regard, but that's the bottom line on it. That's the bottom line. You know, inv- relationships also require investment. Uh, everything in life worthwhile requires investment. You know, if you don't invest in your uh, uh, in, in, in your technical skills, you won't have much in the way of technical skills. If you don't invest in uh, the, in your career, you won't have much of a career. If you don't invest in your family, you won't have much of a family uh, investing in your friends. And relationships are the same way. And, and whether there are relationships with your family or your friends or, uh, or business relationships, they require investment. And that means uh, very often for many of us, we have to inconvenience ourselves a little bit. It's not always the most convenient thing to do to build relationships. However, they are they're absolutely uh important. And you know, another thing for a lot of us in our modern times to remember is that Facebook and uh, Twitter and um, Instagram, things of that sort, those are all wonderful. They're not relationships. We, they may augment a relationship. They don't replace them. And, and I really think in, in modern society, we have this idea that, that, that we can somehow mass build relationships, but that's not how they work. They work one at a time. I, I've been through this myself a, a number of times. But, you know, if, if you think about it a minute, if you, if you, uh, it, uh, you know, a, a lot of relationships is just is just caring about other people. And the people that do the best relationship building are those that do, in fact, care about other people. You can't uh, enter any relationship, whether business or otherwise, uh, with a what's in it from me attitude. If you do that, people don't like being used and they immediately get the impression that you're using them. And you certainly, it certainly doesn't work in a marriage relationship or in a relationship with your family or anything else, if it's all about you, then there's not much of a relationship. And the deal is to make it about the other person, even in business. Make it about the other person. When you go in to talk to someone, talk about them, not about you. Uh, a lot of us in sales have used the expression for many years and sort of sale when we go make sales calls, we do sort of a, we talk about a, a big mistake salesmen make, which is a sort of a show up and throw up kind of thing. You show up in their office, you're so glad to have an appointment there. Maybe you had a hard time getting the appointment. And make sure you just regurgitate everything you know uh, with the idea that the guy's not going to give you much time. And as a result of that, very little comes of it. Uh, I've been guilty of that myself. I don't know anybody that's had any kind of a sales background that hasn't done that. And you leave there thinking you perhaps have done pretty well, not understanding that the moment you leave, 
the guy throws your literature in the trash, and he's not being mean about it. He just you, he just isn't interested in you. You have a, he has no relationship whatsoever with you. You know when I take my car to get it uh, repaired, there's a guy uh, over in uh, Norcross that I take my car to. His name is uh, uh, Paul Rockwell, and and I don't when I take my car in for Paul to fix it, I don't. When he gives me a price for what it's going to take to be repaired, I don't go shop that price other places, and 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 I and and I wouldn't. And the reason is is that I have a relationship with Paul. In fact, you could even say that I'm loyal to Paul. One of Gitmer's famous sayings is that you're not interested in customer satisfaction; you're interested in customer loyalty. And those are two different things altogether, aren't they? And you may find that you are loyal to people that you do business with. You you may sh- uh, go to a certain barber shop or a certain restaurant or or uh, or, 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 or frequent uh, uh, a certain store of any kind, and you are loyal to that store. And, you, and it's a good little exercise of why are you loyal to that store? There's, there's probably an underlying reason there and, and a lesson we can all learn from, from that. But you see the idea that relationships take investment. They not only take investment, they take reinvestment. And it's something you do have to, uh, to deal with. A little blog Gitmer wrote that I was reading the other day, I'm going to use two blogs of his today, as a matter of fact. Um, and and uh, he was sort of making a joke about the fact that he had just read an article where managers had come to the conclusion that relationships are important. And sort of he makes sort of fun of that. But of course they are. Everybody will tell you that. You won't, you won't get any disagreement at all that relationships are important. But what does that mean, actually? Because just saying it's important doesn't mean anything. How do you build those relationships? How, how, do, you, how do you start? Well, the first thing is it's not about you. That's the first thing in building a relationship. It's not about you. Think about the other person. Think of what their interests are. Think of their problems. Think of things that, that that keep them awake at night and what you can do to alleviate those, and that's how you start building a relationship. Also, be honest and open with people. He, um, he goes on to make the statement that relationships are about loyalty, not uh, satisfaction. And he makes the point, I've already said it earlier, but he makes the point very hard in, in this blog. That, that if It's just a cold, hard fact. Very hard for many of us to accept. I think if you've lost a job, we all uh, have lost projects, and we like to sit around and make excuses for how we didn't really screw up losing that project, uh, that something else happened, and it wasn't really our fault. But the bottom line is, if you lose an order uh, to an existing customer because of price, uh, you have no relationship with that customer. That's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of us, is you have no relationship. But why would they give that order to somebody else if they have a relationship, if, they're, if they have any loyalty at all to you? And, and, you know, loyalty is one of these things you can blame other people for not having loyalty, but it starts off with you being loyal to them. And that means that you do put their needs and their cares first of, of all in there. You've got several things that, uh, little things that he gives little hints on how to build a relationship. Let me cover a couple of those with you. He starts off from the customer's standpoint is relate to me. Uh, and, uh, Know my needs and issues, not your needs and issues. And uh, one of the things you can do is show me customers that are benefiting from your service or product that are, particularly if you can find one that's in a similar business for him. We found that very successful in our own company, by the way. It is, uh, you know, even in this day of, uh, of mass communications and uh, social media and, and, and all sort of slick Marketing you can come up with, with, with you know, uh, a myriad of media you can use, everything from the Internet to radio to television to, uh, to and everything in between that you can come up with. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, uh, in his book Tipping Point, points out that, that in spite of all of that, 
in spite of all of those things, that nothing succeeds, nothing succeeds like a personal testimony. Nothing supplants a personal testimony. Just think about it for a minute. If I'm uh, looking for a restaurant to eat in today, and I'm in an area of town I don't know anything about, and you, I'm, I'm talking to you, and I have a relationship with you, uh, and, and with your office or something, and, and I've seen advertisements all up and down the road, and you know I can I can pull up my uh, on, on my cell phone, I can pull up Yelp and uh, TripAdvisor and all sorts of things to look for what restaurants are in the area there. But if I ask you, and I have a relationship with you, I ask you what restaurant I should go to, and you give me three or four choices. And say, well, you know, if you're looking for this, you go here. If you're looking for that, you go there. And this is really good here. Where am I likely to go? Where you told me or with a guy that I trust and have a relationship with or what somebody I don't know at all is telling me over an iPhone. Well, I'm going to go where you told me. That's the value of a personal relationship. And from a business and marketing standpoint, you should absolutely value testimonials that you get from customers. And you should use them. You should use them more than anything else. You should use them more than you use uh, uh, any kind of slick sales uh, literature you have. You know, I think maybe there was a time before uh, all of us bought these real fancy home printers at home where we can print out uh, things that really just, when I first got in business, you would have to pay a professional printer to do. Well, now, with the software almost all of us have on our computers, and with the printers we have, we can pres- we can put some glossy paper in there and come out with the slickest-looking uh, literature in the world. And the problem is, over time, people have become so accustomed to that now, they're actually immune to it. And so when you give a guy... A real shiny, nice brochure, okay, that may help uh, add to what you're saying. But that's not going to convince anybody. We've all seen slick brochures uh, from companies that did not do what they say they're going to do. Every one of us have seen that. And so consequently, we're immune to that. We've developed immunities to it. And and, 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 and it doesn't have the effect on us it used to have. But, if some, but a personal testimony, when you can get, particularly if you're calling on a customer, and you have an, our prospect, I should say, and you have another customer uh, in the same field that you do business with, and you can bring to the table, say, well, this is what I did for so-and-so who's in the same field you're in. Well, what he says is a lot more important than what you say. And that's, a, that's the first step of building a relationship is, number one, understanding that, that the guy you're talking to is going to be much more interested in his business than in your business. The second thing is to show up and be aware of his business. Don't show up there. I have people call me all the time, and they want to talk to me about uh, uh, everything from, uh, uh, you know, redesigning our website to uh, to uh, some new accounting software to, uh, uh, you, you know, taking care of our computers to, you name it, to anything. Well, one thing they almost invariably know nothing whatsoever about, they get in there and they ask me to explain my business to them. You know, think about that a minute. Uh, if you're calling on me, why am I explaining my business to you? Did uh, you know the fact of the matter is, if you show up at a person's place and you're attempting to build a relationship with this person, the first thing you should do is know about his business, and even more to the point, you should know about him. Uh, IBM for years, 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 uh, you know, had this re- remarkable sales training, and one of the things they would tell people is notice what's on the wall when you go in a place. If you go in a place and a guy's obviously interested in golf, now that wouldn't help me much because I don't know anything about golf, but. You know, if I were to go to a place and I saw uh, something about a guitar near the guy had or music or something, I would immediately have I would immediately start talking to him about that. I often tell people I got my first job out of the service. I went to apply for a job at a television station and talking to the chief engineer there, uh, I, I saw on the wall that he was a ham radio operator, and so was I. That's all we talked about. And when I left there, I had the job. 
And we didn't. We discussed almost nothing whatsoever about television or about anything I was going to be doing there. We just discussed ham radio. We built a relationship, and consequently, he ended up hiring me for that job. Well, that's a great lesson. That more to come on relationships. By the way, streaming live on biz1190.com. Today's program will be podcast on eddiemayfield.com and on iTunes. More to come. Stick around. Welcome back to Driven to Business. I'm Eddie Mayfield. We're talking about relationships. Uh, and the point of a relationship is to build, uh, as Jeffrey Gibbon would say, not customer satisfaction, but customer loyalty. You know, I've heard uh, there was a book some years ago. Uh, I think it was titled Raving Fans. Yeah, and it's, it's the same idea. You don't want satisfied customers. You want fans. And, you know, some companies do have fans. I mean, think about it a minute. Um, I would say Apple has fans. Apple has fans, and even back when we used to be in the big Mac versus uh, PC argument, and that's not such an argument anymore because, honestly, uh, Apple does not push the Mac like they used to. Apple's main revenues now are the iPhone. But, you know, you had uh, just these rabid, diehard Mac fans who uh, I used to kid them about being annoying, but nonetheless, they were big fans. and I mean, they were just raving fans, and they would talk to you at the drop of a hat and, and just extol the company. Uh, there, there are other companies you can think of that, that uh, do that. You know, here in the here in the South, Chick Fil A has fans. They absolutely have fans. My family's uh, uh, big fans of Chick Fil A. And, and and you know, when uh, a few years ago, if you remember, like a, a, a I guess a year or two ago, uh, the, the, some people tried to mount a big uh, like a nationwide boycott of uh, Chick Fil A, and it backfired. And the reason it backfired was people said, "Oh no, you're not," and they just flooded the store with business. And Chick Fil A had one of their biggest days ever on the day that everybody was supposed to be boycotting the store. Well, that's what you get when you have fans, loyal customers, people that are loyal to you. They are loyal to you, and they're not going to let anybody step in there and mess them up. That, that's that's what we should all strive to. And uh, and get us a few little hints here of how to do that. Start off with, again, let's say right before the break, to relate to me. In other words, make it about me, not about you. If you come to call on me, don't stand there and regurgitate all of your information. Tell me what it's going to do for me. Because that's really what I'm interested in is how's it going to benefit my company, not how's it going to benefit your company and, and, and what, what you've got to do. And, again, one of the best ways to do that is to pull out customer testimonials. Show me customers in my field that have benefited from what you do, and I'm a lot more interested to you. Second thing is do some preparation for me. Uh, show me you've done your homework, uh, and, and don't ask me what you could have found that on your own. Because, you know, with, with Google these days, I know all it takes is a 10-second Google for you to ask me a question. And even, we even have... I even notice this with job applicants. We'll have a job applicant come in, and, and uh, I'm much more impressed with guys that can start telling us things about our business. Well, I notice that you da da da, you da da da. I know what they've done. I'm not silly. I know they've looked it up and found out. But just the fact that they go to the trouble to do that tells you something about it. Another thing is, don't waste my time. Don't come there and waste my time. And, and, and just as a side note, uh, you know, uh, again, people call me all the time, and they'll say, I, I just need a few minutes of your time. And then I've got them in the office, and I can't. And it's like 30 minutes. I have a hard time getting rid of them. And really, the conversation was finished in five minutes. Don't do that to people. If somebody tells you they're going to give you five minutes, at five minutes, you get them ready to leave. If they want you to stay, they'll tell you. But don't, don't waste my time. Uh, and this is a big one here. Tell me the truth. Truth needs to trust. I need to trust you in order to have a relationship with me. You know, uh, there was a... Uh, I think it's in Daniel Pink's book, To Sell as Human, he talks about um, the idea of, of, of studied sales pitches and what's works best. And this almost sounds counterintuitive, but if you stop and think about it, it's probably the way you are, too. If in the process of telling you about our service or product, uh, 
in the process of that, I've told you all the good things about it. If I tell you a few negative things, I say, you know, our, ours is really well listed. In this area here, we're not so great. We this and we that. Well, instead of having the, oh, don't dare tell me anything bad about it. Look, they're not stupid. They already know you got some problem. They may, if you got a problem, they probably already know about it honestly. And admitting it goes a long way. All of a sudden, now they know your God is not is not lying to them. They can trust you. Build trust with people by telling them the truth. And uh, uh, and tell me how I use your product or service to build my business. You know, back in the years ago, when we were doing circuit board repairs, and I was I was primarily at that time marketing through resellers. And our primary uh, presentation to them used to be not how well we, I had to adjust this because I learned as I went along, not how well we repaired circuit boards, but how much money they could make by reselling the circuit boards we repaired. And, and we're pretty good profit margins here. Well, that's interesting to them. They, they, you know, these little distributors were interested in additional profit margins. They said, look, here's an additional profit margin. You're already calling on this plant. You're already in there. All you have to do is ask for this business. There's no hassle. You give it to us. We take care of it. We give it back to you. You can mark it up. And, and give it back to them and, you know, 25% give it back to them. And it's 25% of very easy money for you. And it keeps you, it, it keeps them in a buying cycle with you. That was our talk. And it worked very well. The idea of showing us what it would do for them, not what it did for us so, so much. And the sixth thing he talks about is tell me how I profit from the relationship. Uh, I want to know how I profit from it. And I want to know, and I want to know that you know how I can profit from it. Uh, again, make this about me. Uh, show me the value, not just how it works. Uh, what's the value of this product or service that uh, that relate to me? And here's a big one for us at our company. We, we spend a lot of time on this. Make it easy to do uh, business. I had, a, I had a friend that was in business with a number of years ago called Bob Kramen. He's, he's passed away now. But uh, there was a large, I'm not going to name him, a large uh, company that we were a, that, that we, we did business with. And we were in their facility one time, and they were going over their new procedures with us. And uh, Bob's an Englishman, and or was an Englishman. And uh, about halfway through that, he stood up and said, you know, you know because they had, it was just unbelievable, the, the paperwork and the, all the nonsense they were telling us we had to do now in order to buy from them. And it was like, he said, well, you know, you've succeeded in making your company completely customer-proof. Congratulations. He said, no customer is going to do business with you. <laughs> I've often thought about that. You know, a lot of us, if we're not very careful, We'll do that. Uh, I, I don't know how ever, you, you know, you may do this on your phone. I don't like automatic phone answering machines. I understand the arguments for them, but I've never met anybody that's glad when they get, when somebody other than a person answers the phone. I don't know anybody that likes that. I've never met anybody that said they like that. So why would you do that to your customer? Answer the blooming phone. And if you, the, you know, the argument is, well, everybody doesn't know the answer. Well, fine. Answer the phone. Tell them you don't know the answer and say, please go and hold it. Go get somebody who does. That's all you got to do. But but don't but make yourself easy to do business with. Don't make a bunch of paperwork somebody to fill out. You know you got you, uh, you you're you've done great marketing. You have got a new co- prospect calls you and you say, oh, if you'll just fill out these twenty pages of uh, new customer information, and the guy, what's the guy going to do? He's already using somebody else. Gonna, never mind, never mind. That's what I do. No thanks. Never mind. I'll say who I am. I, I'm not going to do that. Other deal is uh, make service available when I need it, not when you need it. It's sort of a pet peeve of mine. There's people that, that are consumer-type businesses that are closed on Saturday. It's like, that's what other people are off. Why are you closed on Saturday? You should close on Monday or Tuesday when nobody can come. Be open on Saturday when I'm off, and I can bring whatever I'm trying to get. You know, just give that some thought. 
be friendly. This is the most interesting thing. I heard a speech by Ross Perot a number of years ago about, uh, he was talking about that, about how, uh, you know, their company, it was a value in their company that customers are, people use people's first names when they talk to them. They, uh, um, they're very friendly. And some guy asked him, uh, it was kind of a small meeting, someone asked him, so well, how do you, how do you hire, how, how do you train people to do that, to be friendly like that? And Perot kind of snapped back at him. So why don't you just hire friendly people to start with and see if that doesn't resolve the problem? And that's really true with the hiring process. Hire friendly people. And not just because you want to be a friendly company, but because it actually is a, is a recipe for success to, to, to do that. And respond quickly. If I call you, I need you. Uh, and this day, that is something we have noticed in our company. Uh, customer expectations have changed a lot. You Before the advent of sales, of cell phones and uh, uh, emails and and we're all walking around with these smartphones in our pockets, you know, the customer sends you a text. He knows you got that text. You, I mean, you can, okay, maybe you left your phone in the car for an hour, maybe. You did not leave your phone in the car for three days. Okay. He knows that. Don't say stuff like that. Respond to him. If you can't respond to him right now, you maybe you be legit, maybe you're legitimately tied up. Either get someone else to respond to him or just send him a quick text and say, hey, I, I'm really tied up now. Can I call you tomorrow or, or whatever? Just acknowledge him. That's all he's warning. Respond quickly. But, the, but people expect and need responses right now. You're listening to Driven to Business. I'm Eddie Mayfield. More to come. Hang around. Driven to business, talking about relationships. I'm Eddie Mayfield. We're starting going through a little blog written by Jeffrey Gitmer, a guy that I really do like, um, and, and 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 like his uh, like his books, like his blogs, and, and, and you'll uh, I forgot his website. Honestly, if you go to eddiemayfield.com, we'll have links on there to him in today in the blog about today's show. You can take a look at that. By the way, today's program will be podcast on eddiemayfield.com and on iTunes and on some other a number of other. Uh, uh, avenues worldwide that sort of surprise me sometimes we're talking about ways to build a relationship with people ways to build loyalty from a customer i've already been through a, and I'll, I'll go over all of them again in a minute one thing i'll talk about the next right here is deliver on time we've already sort of did that already you know one of the largest a large job that we landed here a couple of years ago uh there was a very large multinational company that had promised um a large pipeline company out west that some equipment was going to be there on a certain day. Well, it didn't show up. Now, keep, keep in mind, that when you're talking about a pipeline, you're talking about a very remote location. They had cranes out there. They had crews out there. They're already, these things don't show up. There's no phone call. There's no nothing. They just don't show up. And nobody bothered to call the customer. Well, of course, this customer was furious because they've got thousands and thousands of dollars invested in this. So they called us. And we were we couldn't get there that day but we were able to get there in, a, in like a week and get it going. As a result of that, it's one of our biggest customers even today. We've got this customer, and, and we do a lot of work with them uh, all over the United States just by the fact that we showed up and somebody else did not. Now, I don't, uh, you know, hoping your competition screws up is not the best uh, uh, marketing plan in the world, but you should be prepared to take advantage of it if and when they do. Just also to be sure that you're not the person screwing up. You know, uh, there's other people ready to take your customers too. So always be sure you're doing a good job. But, you know, if you tell me you're going to be there, be there. If you're not going to be there, tell me that. Some people, uh, they get frightened. Some guy will say, you'll say, well, you know, it's going to take us three weeks to do that. 
And the guy says, I really need it in two. You say, okay, we'll do it in two. When you can't do it in two, you, you've got to have the honesty and, and uh, the integrity to look across the table to the guy and say, I can't do that in two weeks. And I, I don't want to tell you. I can, and I'm not going to tell you I can do it in two weeks. When, when I know, I know for, for fact it's going to take us three. And I don't want to, I don't want you to be looking at you. I don't want to have to face you again when it doesn't show up. People actually appreciate that. They appreciate you telling them the truth. And, 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 and once you build a reputation for the fact that you will do what you say you're going to do, people believe you and they begin to want to do business with you and they, they do it. The other thing he talks about is have answers for me when I need them. Uh, I, I'm going to have questions about how your product or service works. Be prepared to answer that for me. If you don't know the answer, and it's fine. If you're a sales guy, you don't know an answer, that's fine. Not everybody, nobody knows everything. But get back to me with an answer. I mean, be honest about it. Say, hey, I don't know the answer. I'm going to have so-and-so call you. And then be sure so-and-so calls them. Or if he can't call you today, he'll call you tomorrow. Just be honest. Tell them that. But get back with me. Give me answers. Other thing is stay in touch with me. You know, we have a, uh, we have a saying that, that uh, a lot of business is based on the last one in principle. You know, the last guy there gets the business. Well, be sure that you're there enough that if you're not the last guy there, they haven't forgotten about you. Because if it's a business like ours, the business I'm in, where we don't do business with a person every day. We're not a daily business. We're not a monthly business very often. Sometimes we're two, three times a year. We do business with somebody. I don't want them forgetting about us in the meantime. So we send them emails. We send, we, we call them. Uh, we, we're in touch with them. We may send them articles if it's something. If we run across something that's interesting about their business that we think they ought to know about or this we, we think will be interesting to them, we send it to them. If we uh, know the guy's really interested in hunting or golf or something, we see something about that. We send him something about that. Again, just an excuse without spamming him, without annoying him. You say, hey, I was thinking about you on this. Well, people like to know they've been really thought about, not that you're just spamming them, but you actually did, you know, you know again, I like guitars, I like, you know, several things I'm interested in. So if you send that to me, uh, I'm going to know what that's about. And I'm going to say, hey, thanks, that's, that's interesting, the fact that you did that. Keep me informed about uh, technology changes. All of us are aware of the fact, particularly in, our, in a technical business like we're in, that technology changes, and it changes really rapidly, and you better stay on top of it. Your customers need to know that you know about the changes taking place, and you can let them know it's an excuse to call them and build a relationship. Say, hey, let me, uh, hey, have you looked at this new, uh, what they're doing now, this new technology? You know, we're not doing it yet, but have you thought about this? What do you think about that? And, and, it, gives, and it gives you a chance to maybe go to lunch with them, go to, uh, go to, uh, uh, go to dinner, something like that, and, give, and just talk about it and, and go over, the, and they'll, they'll appreciate the fact that you've updated them. On what, you're not trying to sell them anything. You're just telling them about something new some changes in the industry that are taking place that affect their industry, they want to talk to you about it. So uh, so do that. Uh, and and I, this goes to what I say, but keep your promises. We've already said it several times. If you tell me you're going to do something, do it, or don't tell me you're going to do you know, You don't have to make promises to me about things. If you can't do them, don't make the promise. But if you tell me, hey, I'm going to call you, I'm, I'm going to get that to you next week. I don't want to call you next week and say, hey, you said you were going to send me that next week. Where is that? You, you know, some of the... the we ran into some fits for this with some large multinationals that, that are actually vendors to us. And some of the simple things like, you know, we'll, we'll need a set of proof drawings to send a customer. No, we don't have these. They're, 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 they're back at the plant. And, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll ask them, say, hey, can we, and they will say perhaps in front of a, a joint call, the customer, and they'll say, oh, yeah, we'll have those drawings out to you next week. Well, next week comes and there's no drawings. And we're on the phone. Hey, where are those drawings? Keep in mind, this day and age, you know, drawings are not, nobody's sitting down with a pencil or a draft board. This is all in a computer. Most of it's just existing as a document in a computer. They just, all they have to do is send it. And you'd be amazed how hard it is. It's like pr- pulling teeth 
to get somebody to go to his computer and send you a blooming document that he promised he's going to send you. Well, don't be that way. Uh, make, make sure that if you make a promise, you keep it. Other thing is be a partner, not a vendor. It is such a difference. If, if, if a customer begins viewing you as a partner to help their business stay in business rather than a vendor, that changes the entire relationship. Uh, tell me how we can work together. Tell me that and improve it by what you do. And then serve me. I just need to know that uh, that that uh, it, it's it's important. Customer loyalty is priceless. It really is. It's priceless. It's a great way to get it done. A little more from Gittner now. I won't overbore you with it. But, but uh, he makes a, he wrote a little blog, that, and we were just talking about this, not about this blog, but about this fact at our company this morning, that uh, more sales are made with friendship than with salesmanship. This is not to excuse you being a, uh, bad in your sales skills. You should be good at them. But the fact of the matter is friendship will trump salesmanship uh, every time. We've uh, we've lost uh, jobs before, and and we try to be honest about it when we lose them. And we'll look at it and we'll say, okay, uh, why did we lose that job? And it turned out, this particular situation, as it always is always the case, another vendor had a better relationship, which is to say a better friendship, with that customer than we had. And you just have to admit that. And it may take a long time to do it. And you know, people that say, I don't have time, I don't have time to build all these relationships. Well, then you don't have time to be successful because that's what it takes. And it's, and you know, they, they're not built overnight. And, 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 you know, we've said many times this program, all customers are not equal. All prospects are not equal. If you've got a valuable prospect or a valuable customer you need a deep relationship with and you need to spend, invest in that relationship, you have to invest in it. And the big investment is time. As much as anything else, it takes time, but 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 do it anyway. You know, if you think, uh, quoting Kitmer right here, if you think you're going to make the sale because you have the best product, the best service, the best price, dream on. If fifty percent of sales are made on a friendly basis, and you haven't made friends with your prospect or customer, you're missing fifty percent of the market. Well, that's exactly right. And the best part is that friends don't have to sell friends with sales techniques. Um. Again, where I take my car to get repaired, I become friends with the guy there. I don't need, if I take it there and he tells me I need something, I don't go shop that at three other shops. I just say, okay, let's get it done. Because I've learned to trust him. We're friends. He doesn't have to sell me. If he tells me it needs done, I believe him. Now, maybe I can get it done this month. Maybe I need to wait a few, wait a few weeks, whatever. But nonetheless, I'm not, I'm not shopping that anywhere else. And your customers can be the same with you. You can have customers that, that will do business with you because they want to do business with you. That's a big deal. If someone wants to do business with you or if they have to do business with you, they feel like they have to. When people feel like they must do business with you. I think about these large cable companies and all that have got exclusive uh, territories where it's very hard to do business with anybody else. People will jump to anybody else that comes along that can offer the cable because they, they're, they're so annoyed with, with the cable company. And, and uh, uh, it, it these things shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. Don't be that kind of a company. Don't be the, the person someone has to do business with because if they have to do business with you, most of us, most of us are not uh, in a position where we're without competition, where the customer does not have a choice of doing business with someone else. In fact, in almost every case, they do. And if you make it where they don't want to do business with you, they, you can believe me, they will go somewhere else to do business. And getting them back is very hard. It's very difficult to recover. A lost customer is very difficult, especially if they left you what they think is for reason. It's very hard to uh, get them back. 
You know, this is maybe the, one of the most interesting things he said. How do you start building his relationships? How do you start? Um, one of the biggest mistakes salespeople make is in like doing things like giving away tickets. You don't want to give away a guy a ticket. You want to take him somewhere. You want to go with him to a ball game. Uh, you want to go with him to, uh, and perhaps even if if he's a big family guy and you've got a family, go with him and his family. Pick a movie everybody wants to go. Go there. Go with the movie to him. Go to maybe a special movie like an IMAX or something like that. And 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 make it a and, and you you don't have to talk about business at all, and not at all. In fact, it's best if you if there's business any business talk you do him bring it up. Just make it a, a time of, of just relationship building where you're you're just being out friendly. You're sharing something you like together, which is family time or kids or whatever whatever the deal is there. And, and, and make that, you know, it can be something like a, a ball game. It can be a, a theater concert, uh, a community project of some kind, if, if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, a seminar given by your company. You know, our company, we do a lot of seminars, and a lot of these seminars are not on things we directly make any money doing. In fact, we rarely do. But what we do, we do seminars on things that we think are will be of interest, and not just of interest, but of help to our customers. And most of the time, it's free. We'll just say, come on in, and uh, we'll do a seminar on um, power quality or on um, harmonics, power, power line harmonics or something like that. We'll come in and tell you about that, how to mitigate them, things of that sort. And maybe we don't sell them anything during that time. We very often do, and not because we do any sales pitches during the presentation. We don't. They come back to us afterwards and say, hey, uh, I'm having a problem over here with this. Can you help with that? And that's how these things start. The idea you're you're doing something of value to them. You're not in it for you. You're in it for them. You're doing something for them. It's to benefit them. And as a result of that, you build a deep and abiding relationship and a friendship with them that then works to your benefit in business. One more sec about to go. I'm Eddie Mayfield. This is Driven to Business. Hang around. Welcome back to the final segment of today's Driven to Business. We're talking about uh, uh, relationships and how they can help you in your business. Spent most of the show here, not on, um, I don't know that I plan to do it this way, it just sort of worked out. Uh, speaking about Jeffrey Gittimer, who a guy that I really do admire in the area of relationships and in sales, and, and using some of his techniques to start off the program talking about the fact there's almost nothing in business more important than relationships. And you know, it's so easy to say, and if you don't say it, you, you, it's easy. It's even easier, perhaps, to think it. You know, I don't have time for all this relationship building stuff. I, I gotta, I'm too. I gotta make sales. I gotta get business going. I gotta do this. Well, you know, the, the, here's the bottom line: if you don't have time, if you're not going to make time to build relationships, you really need to find another profession. Because if you're going to run and build a business, you're going to need relationships. And I'm talking about relationships with not just customers, but you need relationships with your employees. Uh, you need to get, you know, it's pretty hard. I, it's pretty hard to run a business when you have an employee turnover uh, problem where people won't stay with you because they have no relationship with you whatsoever. You don't want you to build a relationship with your employees where they actually like working for you. They like you. They like coming to work. They trust the company. They trust you. They're proud of the company they work for. Well, that alleviates a lot of problems, doesn't it? Number one, every time a customer calls there, they don't have to talk to a different person. And, you know, customers build their favorite employees of yours, too. You know that? They call up, and it happens with us. People uh, call our techs up directly because they've got relationships with them, and they want to talk to them about a problem in their plant or, or whatever because they, they, they know this guy knows what he's doing, and they know him and they like him, and, and that's very important. 
that happens. So, and you know, if you're completely, if you're continually turning over people because you don't have any kind of a relationship with your employees, you you need to you need to get better at that. And and and, and that's that's a whole other program. You need a relationship with vendors. As crazy as it sounds, you know, there's going to be times. Uh, it, not only do you need to be uh, offer good customer service, you need to be a good customer. And that means you pay on time. It means you don't make unreasonable demands on your vendors. You don't want vendors, uh, you know, uh, groaning when they see the calls from you. That you're always a guy calling them and griping about everything. What kind of service you, they're going to give you? I don't know if you remember a book a number of years ago called How to Swim with the Sharks, being eaten alive by Harvey McKay. He talked in there about the Billy Graham organization, as, and he was a vendor to them. He supplied them, I don't know what he supplied them, uh, office supplies or whatever whatever he did. But he talked about how easy and nice they were to deal with. And consequently, when they needed something a little extra, and it's 4.45 on Friday afternoon, when they would probably be tempted to tell any other customer, I'm sorry, we just can't get that done today. But it's a Graham organization who is so nice to everybody, and everybody likes so well, they said, yeah, we'll hang around. We'll stay here till 6 and get that taken. I mean, that's, that's, that's what happens when you have a good relationship with the vendors, when people like you. So it's good to have those relationships as well, relationships with the vendors. And, of course, we've been talking mostly today about relationships with customers. That's essential. If, you have, if you're having to go out every week and find new customers, I mean, there are probably some businesses like that. You know, I, I don't know, a, 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 where, where every customer is a one-shot. You, you do one thing with a customer. I would want to be in a business like that, Frank. That would be pretty bad to be having to find new customers constantly. It's a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable in business if you've got continuing customers, customers with whom you have a relationship, customers who have built loyalty to you, and not loyalty because they're dumb, loyalty because you've done a good job, and you're loyal to them. You meet their needs. You're not ripping them off. And and if there's a problem, you take care of it. You're not, uh, you're not you know, uh, you know, anybody can be a good customer, a good a good uh um, vendor to somebody uh, when nothing's going wrong, right? Everybody offers good customer service when everything's going well. It's when all of a sudden something doesn't go well. That's when customer. That's when companies that actually show what they're made of. Is it when it doesn't work when it gets out there, or it doesn't ship on time because of some problem, or it ships to the wrong address, or whatever happens? It's what you do then that matters. It's the fact that you show them you care. Well, you know, too bad. Uh, drop dead kind of approach. A lot of us, and we've all been treated that way by people. And, and, you know, you don't like it, and you sort of leave there thinking, I'm never coming back here again. You know, I'm never coming back here again. Even in a restaurant, you know, uh, you may put up with uh, the food not being exactly as you wanted it, as long as a manager comes out and owns up to it and says, you know, I'm sorry that didn't come out on time or whatever, and and we're going to give you a Free dessert, or, or if they don't give you anything, really just the fact that they said it is nice. Also, if they do something like a dessert or something, but that kind of assuages you, doesn't it? You don't leave there saying, "Okay, that wasn't." You may leave there saying that wasn't great, but you know, that's a nice guy, and and uh, you know they tried to make that right, and, and and you just have a better feeling about it. And you've also had the opposite experience where uh, they didn't seem to give a rip the fact that your food didn't come out the way you ordered it, and and uh, offered you basically nothing. And, and, you know, most people, I'm this way, most people are this way, they don't vehemently complain about things, they just go away. And I know Vicky and I have a number of times just left a restaurant saying, we're not going back there. I mean, we didn't, didn't complain about it, not doing anything, just not going back there again. And not only that, if anybody asks me about it, I'm going to say, I wouldn't go there. That's, and, and that's kind of the death nail, isn't it? 
to, to again a testimonial thing. It works. It works the opposite way. But all of a sudden, you said things were were good there. Close with a couple things here. That uh, this is from a guy named Harvey Duschendorf. And he's talking about his way to make relationships. I'm just going to run through this in the closing minutes here. I might not get to all of it. Be a great listener. That has to do with nothing more than the fact when you're dealing with somebody, you listen more than you talk. It's so hard for some of us to do, but it's so important. And I mean really listen. Don't just be staring out the window while they're talking and thinking of what you're going to say next. But really listening and notice What's important to them when they're talking? Notice how they what they talk about. Notice what they light up about when they talk about. Well, that's what's important to them. Find those common points of interest. Ask the right questions. And one of the ways you let people know you're listening is to ask questions. You know, if you don't interrupt somebody, let them tell you all about uh, something, and in passing, they mentioned um, you know golf or whatever. Well, then go back and ask them about hey, what, what do you where do you play golf? I mean, go back and ask that just to show you were listening. I mean, and not just to. Sh- Fake show you were listening. You actually were listening. Find out what they uh, did. And one way of making them talk a little more is to say things like, uh, uh, you know, if I understood you correctly, you know, put it that way, and regurgitate a little what they said and give them a chance to elaborate on it, to tell you more about it. Again, it makes them feel like that you're important. John Maxwell uh, is very famous for saying you should add value to people. One way you add value to people is to make them feel important. And one way you make people feel important is to listen to them. That makes them feel important. Listen to somebody. When you're talking to them, I, I know a lot of very successful guys, and I'll tell you one of the tricks that they have, not not tricks, one of the traits they have is that when you're talking to them, you feel like you're the only guy in the room when you're talking. That is a real knack to develop that. A lot of very successful men have that uh, deal. But when others sense that you're, you're making a sincere effort to understand them, they tend to open up and share more with you, and that's, that's the beginning of a relationship. Pay attention to the whole person. He goes on to say, you know, pay attention to what I said earlier. Pay attention to their body language what they light up about, what they really like. Uh, remember things that are important to others. You, you, you know, uh, you don't have to remember everything about somebody. That's impossible. But, but you know, in a conversation with somebody, when you pick up that uh, something's important, and it could be something sad, like, you know, they have a, a mother that's in a nursing home or they have a, a, a sick child or, or something of that sort, pick up on that and have some empathy there. And I'm talking about it in a fake, insincere way. But let them know you heard that pain in their voice. Let them know about that and talk to them. Uh, the other thing is to be consistent, manage your emotion. You know, a lot of us are too emotional. We're up and down, up and down, up and down. About, well, that's maybe fine if you're living out of desert by yourself somewhere. But, you know, when you're dealing with other people, you got to learn to chill out on that a little bit. You cannot be up and down and make people uncomfortable talking to you because you're so mad about something or so even perhaps giddy about something. I mean, you know, level your emotions out. Learn to control that in front of other people. And the other thing is to be open and learn how to share when the time is right. You know, there, timing's everything. There are times to make a sales pitch to a guy. There's times to shut up about that. Uh, there's times that when he's telling you, you know, about his sick child, that is not the time to go into your sales closing. I mean, you need to listen to his story. And perhaps even you put that off to the next time you're there. You've been listening to Driven to Business, talking about relationships today. Visit us at eddiemayfield.com. Today's program will be podcast if you missed part of it on eddiemayfield.com and on iTunes. You're listening to Driven to Business. See you next week. You've been listening to Driven to Business with your host, Eddie Mayfield. Visit next Saturday at 11 a.m. on Biz 1190 for more Driven to Business. To learn more about Driven to Business, visit eddiemayfield.com or call 770-448-4644.